0: Well, bless the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so very much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the Freedom Series. Today's message is entitled, Reconnected. Oh my goodness, we had a great time in the Word of God today, and I can't wait for you to hear this message entitled, Reconnected. We have been reconnected to God through Jesus Christ. My goodness, I can't wait for you to hear the depths of that message and there's so much more. So when as you hear today's message, I encourage you to grab your Bible, grab a pen and a pad and take these scriptures down and really meditate on them and really get them in you. I'm telling you it's going to change your life. Well, don't forget to go to our website at kingdomrock.org. There you can find today's message, as well as the entire series. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message, which is entitled Reconnected, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Enjoy. Hallelujah. Now, last time we looked at verse number 23, and this is so important that you understand this. It's so important that you understand this. It's so important that you understand this. Verse 23 says again, and he said unto them, ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. So we had this confession as well that the testimony of Jesus uh, is our testimony through him. So we make this confession as well. So we can say this because of Jesus, I was, I was from beneath, but now I am from where above. I was from this world, but now I am not of this world. Remember we said that Jesus, uh, declared that you must be born again. You must be born again and to be born again literally means to be born from above, to be born from a higher place. Remember, it also means to be, go, to be born from the beginning. So go back into the um, last scriptures, the last message, and really hear that, really get it in you. So Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. And he, uh, born again, meaning born from above. So Jesus said, I am from above, you are from beneath. Because we are now um, born of God, reborn, we can also say we have been born from above. Now that is so critical that you understand that. That is so critical that you understand that. And then we know that Jesus said that that, uh, I believe in John 17 that as he was speaking to his disciples, to his believers, uh, he said unto them, uh, they are, as he was praying to the Father, they are not of this world even as I am not of this world. So again, the testimony of Jesus is our testimony. We have been born from above and we are not a part of this world we are not of this world we are in the world but we are not of this world you understand that you are a spiritual people a spiritual people uh, god's own chosen generation God has called you to do greater things. He's called you to be mightier in the earth than what we are. And really there needs to be, there must be on the inside of you, a groaning inwardly for something greater than what you see. There needs to be a groaning, a moaning uh, for something greater than what you're actually seeing at this very moment. Because there is more to life than what you see. Let me say that again. There is more to life than what you are currently seeing, feeling, or experiencing. There is another realm. There is another dimension that God has actually granted unto you through Christ Jesus. And it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you kingdom resources. This is why I appreciate the Lord for saying there on a the mountain of uh, uh, Beatitudes Uh, where he said blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God, rather for the kingdom of heaven blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now notice he said blessed are the poor in spirit, not the poor in money. He said the poor in spirit. Those that are poor in spirit simply mean those that are spiritually lacking, those that have need for more. He did not say blessed are those that are spiritually rich in other words those who feel like they have already attained those that have a sense of spiritual pride he said no blessed are those who basically that have an awareness of their need for god they have an awareness god said you are blessed he said why for theirs is the kingdom of heaven theirs the word theirs implies ownership that's their house that's their car that's their clothes Their implies some form of possession or ownership He says, if you realize that you're in need of God, if you realize that you're in need of him, then yours is the kingdom of heaven. You have kingdom resources that are at your disposal when you know you need the Lord. And Jesus said, I came not, I I, I came not for uh, those that were well, but I came for those that were sick, those that were spiritually sick, those that were spiritually deficient to give unto them something uh, that is needed. Are you with me? So last week we talked about two concepts, and I want to get this uh, back in your hearing before we go further on. We talked about uh, how all mankind is born spiritually dead. Not last week, but the week before. We talked about how all mankind were born spiritually dead. And we also said that Jesus was, was never in the flesh. I want to bring those things back to you because I don't want to ever go on the assumption that you understand certain terms. So we're going to go over these terms just briefly today to make sure that you have a good understanding. So when we talked about uh, how all of mankind were born spiritually dead, we're talking about really the consequences of Adam uh, in the beginning the consequences of Adam in the beginning because the consequences of Adam's fall were both physical and spiritual. You understand that? Now we can look at Genesis, the second chapter, Genesis, the second chapter, verse number 17. Let's look and let's look and see what the Lord says here. in Genesis the second chapter verse 17, it says, um, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day, say the day, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Thou shalt surely die. Now that phrase thou shalt surely die. I want you to I want you to get uh, a correct interpretation of that or a, a better definition of that as we go into the uh, Hebrew, uh, to do that, really, I want to bring to you what's called a Young's literal translation. There are two uh, literal translations of the Bible, uh, and one is King James, and the other is uh, what's called Young's Literal Translation. And you'll find out in a minute what, how that's like. I'll give you an example of, long, of Young's Literal Translations. Most other forms of the Bible are what's called um, paraphrases. And, uh, and some are word-for-word uh, word translations, like here again, uh, like in uh, King James and Young translation. But I want you to see this. It says, "The Lord told Adam, "In the day that you eat this thou shalt surely die." Now look at this translation in the, uh, Young's literal translation. It says this, it says, "And of the tree of, an, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou doest not eat of it." For in the day of thine eating of it, dying, thou doest die. That's the literal translation dying. Thou doest die. In other words, in dying, you will die in dying. You will die in dying. You will die talks about two deaths, a spiritual death and also a natural death. And I want to, I want to really get to really get this in your hearing. Now when we talk about dying a spiritual death. I'm not telling you that all mankind are walking around as spiritual zombies or there's a RIP rest in peace inside of every mankind, every person. No, what we're actually talking about by spiritual death is a disconnection. Man is born disconnected from God. Man is born disconnected from God. When you were born, you were born disconnected from God. What really happened here. Is that um, what God was saying uh, actually to Adam was that in the day that you eat of this, you will become disconnected from me. And it will take about a thousand years, but you will eventually physically die. When we talk about a, a rose bush, we say, oh, these are pretty rose flowers. Can someone open up a window for me, please? I would really appreciate that. When you talk about a rose bush, we say those are pretty roses. And, uh, you understand when you pick one of those roses off that bush, you've actually killed it. It's actually dead. It has been disconnected from life. Now it will take a while for you to see the effects of it, but it is actually dead. The moment we disconnect it from life, it is dead. So in dying, you will die. So the father told Adam in dying, this was the literal translation in dying. You will die. In other words, you will be disconnected from me, Adam. If you partake of this, you are disconnecting from me. And it took again about a thousand years, uh, before, uh, before action, before Adam actually realized what had happened. Now let's look at the scripture here and let me show you a little bit more about this in 2nd Peter, the third chapter, verse number eight. So the Bible says again that in the day thou doest, uh, in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. In the day, say the day. Now 2nd Peter, the third chapter, verse number eight, 2 Peter, uh, the third chapter, verse eight out of the King James Version reads like this. Uh, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as what? A thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Are you hearing? God said to Adam, in the day you eat this, you will surely die. In dying, you will die. The spiritual death or the spiritual disconnection happened immediately. But the physical death happened within that thousand year period within that day. Let's go to Genesis five, Genesis fifth chapter verse number five, Genesis five, five says, and all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. So he died within that thousand year period of time. Why did Adam die a physical death? because he died a spiritual death the spirit comes first and then the natural if it takes place in the spirit it will take place in the natural you understand so adam died a physical death because he died a spiritual death in other words he was disconnected from god now as a result of that all mankind that are born of Adam are born spiritually disconnected from God. It is like that rose that is plucked out from the the vine, born disconnected from God. Are you hearing? Let me show you some more of this. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians the fifteenth chapter. 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, We'll be reading this out of the um, New Living Translation. I love the way it reads this particular text, and it's going to help you really to understand. Uh, 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, 21 through uh, 22. And this is how it reads out of the New Living Translation. It says, so you see, just as death came into the world through a man. Anybody know who that man is? Right? No, no, no. That's Adam. Let's read the text again. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man. Who brought in death into the world? Adam. Remember the word world? It's cosmos. It talks about the orderly arrangement of things, but it also means the human family. Remember? The human family. Death came into the human family because of the sin of Adam. Say that with me. Death came into the human family because of Adam. Okay, all right. So it says, So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Now, who is that another man? That's Jesus Christ. Verse 22, just as everyone, what, dies, because we all belong to Adam. Everyone who belongs to Christ will be given what? new life. So you're going to see this throughout uh, how the Bible talks a lot about uh, Adam and a lot about Christ. And the more you realize where you are between the two, what has happened in the past and what is happening in the future, it will further stabilize you and cause you to grow right now in this present. Let me show you another scripture. Let's go to Romans, the fifth chapter. Romans 5, Romans 5, verses 17 through 18. Also reading out the New Living Translation. Romans 5, verse 17 through 18. Listen to how it reads. It says, for the sin of this one man, who? Adam. All right, now the Bible plainly tells you, right? For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But, say but but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man who Jesus Christ. Look at verse 18. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ, one act of righteousness, brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Isn't that wonderful? So you will see a, there's a strong contrast between Adam and Christ. Between Adam and Christ. And all of this has to do with being reconnected to God. Are you hearing? Now I want you to notice something here. That Jesus was the only other human besides Adam to be born spiritually connected to God. Adam was born spiritually connected. He was born spiritually alive. Jesus was born spiritually connected, spiritually alive. They were both, grab a hold of this, they were both both, uh, the first of their kind. They were both the first of their kind. Adam was the first man of all humanity, and Christ is the beginning of a total new breed of creation. They were both first. Now, understand to something too. Let's look at this. Let's go to First um, uh, Corinthians, the fifteenth chapter, verse forty-five. Now. The Bible gets more direct. I want to bring you more. F- I want to bring you closer in, and we can use a microscope to show you what things are, are looking like here. First Corinthians, the fifteenth chapter, verse number forty-five. Again, now the New Living Translation. This is what it says: The Scripture tells us the first man, what, who, Adam. The first man, Adam, became a living so, uh, living person. Remember, the Bible declares that in the book of Genesis, God breathed into the um, into. Um, adam's nostrils and he became a living soul he became a living person but the last adam what the last adam who is the last adam jesus that is christ is a life-giving spirit well i wonder who he's giving life to he's giving life to us are you hearing the bible relates to jesus as being the last adam if it said the second Adam, then we could imply that there may be a third. But he said the last, meaning that there will be none other. Amen. The first Adam messed up, got it wrong, and put us all in a pickle. But the last Adam got it right, and made us all righteous in the sight of God. Amen. Isn't that something? Let's look at another, let's, look, let's go to Colossians, the first chapter, as we bring this, bring this even closer to you. Colossians, the first chapter, Verse number 15 through 20, again, out of the New Living Translation. I love the way it reads for you to understand this. I go into different translations, not because I I just love different translations of the Bible, but I do this so that you would have a good understanding of what the Lord is saying. Are you hearing? Colossians, the first chapter, verse 15 through 20. Listen to how it reads. Christ is the... Is the visible image of the invisible God? He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. King James says, I believe that uh, he is the, the firstborn. Firstborn of God's creation, the firstborn. Some people get freaked out by that. What you mean, Jesus? Was, the, was Jesus created? Now, be, to be firstborn uh, of all creation means that he was the first one to step out of the spirit into the natural world. He was the first one to step out of the spirit into the natural world. In other words, when Jesus stepped out, there was nothing else. He's the firstborn, first begotten of the dead, and we'll see this too. He was the firstborn person, the first entity, the first being to have a physical form. All others was spirit inside of God. Before God made planets, moons, any, anything else that was in this natural world, anything that could be seen by the natural eye, touch, taste, smell, whatever, before he made anything else, it was Christ stepped out first and it is, and we'll see this through Christ. God made everything else. Are you hearing it says he existed before anything uh, was created and is supreme over what all creation for through him say through him God created what everything Everything in the heavenly realms and on earth he made the things we can see and the things we can't see such as thrones, uh, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities uh, in the unseen world. Everything was created through him. That's so powerful. Now Jesus is also known as the word of God. So it is the word that steps forth, and God uses the word to create everything that there is. Are you hearing? Everything was created through him, and what? For him. Say with me, I was created through him and for him. Look at verse 17. He existed before anything else. So powerful. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his one, which is his body. Now that's very crucial that you understand that. My God, Christ is the head of the church And the church is his body. If you are a part of the the church, if you've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you are the body of Christ. Say with me, I am the body of Christ. Christ. You have to really meditate on that and get into that. It says Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who uh, rise from the dead. He is the first begotten of the dead, firstborn of the dead, right? Uh, So he is the first in everything. Now you'll see in other translations. It says again that Christ is the first born of the dead, first begotten of the dead. Some would say that means, well, that means he's the first to be uh, resurrected. Well, we look back in scripture, uh, we know that uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. We know that uh, Elijah laid upon a young man's body and uh, brought him back to life. So it's not talking about that. It's not talking about Jesus is the first one to be brought back to life because others were brought back to life from the dead, but he is the first one to be brought back to life in his form. Because when Lazarus was brought back to life, he was still subject to the confines of this world system. Sickness may have killed him before, and it, will, and it may have killed him again. I don't know. He was still subject to this life, still prone to the things of this life. But when Jesus arose from the dead, when he was begotten from the dead, he rose with a body that was unrestrained from this natural world. Sickness could no longer hold that body. Gravity could no longer hold that body. Physical matter could no longer hold that body. He could walk between walls. So he was the first begotten of this new creation, first begotten of a new race of people, and that was through the last Adam, Jesus Christ. Somebody's really gonna get this. Now look at verse 19. It says, for God in all his fullness, that's so powerful. Say with me, for God in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. Now that's powerful. You're really going to get that in a moment. God in all His fullness. Think about all that God is in all His fullness, the fullness of uh, of His complete expression. Everything that God is is in Jesus Christ. You see that? For God in all, say all His fullness was pleased to live in uh in christ now look verse 20 uh and through him god reconciled everything to himself he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of christ's blood on the cross now we're going to see this a little bit further let's go now to uh romans 8 chapter uh we're going to keep verse 19 in our heads just for a moment but let's go to romans 8 chapter romans eight twenty nine. And it says this out of the King James Version, for whom he did foreknow, talking about us now, he also did predestined, uh predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the what? Firstborn among many brethren. Jesus was the firstborn, the first begotten of the dead. Not the he was the first, not the last which means there would be others God planned and patterned that others would follow after Christ. He was begotten from the dead and we will be begotten uh, from the dead, but not like, not like Lazarus, Lazarus was raised up and not like the other young man and others that were raised up. They were raised up with corruptible bodies. But when we are raised, we're raised up incorruptible. Are you hearing? He's the first begotten. So God is, it was God's plan to raise us up with a body like that of Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Now look at this. So the Bible says again in verse 19, you don't have to get, go back to it, but it says again in 19, we just read it uh, in Colossians 119. It says for God in all his fullness was pleased to dwell in Christ. God in all his fullness was pleased to dwell in Christ. God in all his fullness was pleased to dwell in Christ. All the fullness of God is in Christ. Say it with me. All the fullness of God. God Is in Christ. Christ. Say it again. All the fullness of God. Is in in Christ. Say it again. One more time. All the fullness of God is in Christ. Isn't that wonderful? That's wonderful. Now let me show you what God has done for you. Let's go to Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians, first chapter. Ephesians 1. Let's look at verse 22 and verse 23. It says, uh, talking about Jesus here, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the what? To the church, which is his? Body, the what? The fullness of him that filleth all in all. All right. You are the fullness of Christ. You you are his church, his body. You are the fullness of Christ. Now, if the fullness of God is in Christ and you are the fullness of Christ. Somebody's really going to get that sooner or later. I know you're getting to that. The fullness of God is in Christ, and you are the body of Christ, which is his fullness. So that must mean, again, that the fullness of God is in you. You are an expression of the fullness of God through Christ Jesus. This was God's plan from the beginning. Are you getting this? The fullness of God dwells in Christ and it is this same fullness that dwells in us. So you and I have the potential, if you will, and you'll see this today that we have been reconnected to God through Christ Jesus. Man was born disconnected from God, but through Christ we are reborn. We are born again. That is we are born spiritually connected to the vine. So we have the potential of pulling uh, pulling on God's divine life, God's divine energy, if you will, God's divine power. We have the, we have the opportunity to, to then pull on him and pull from him for love, for joy, for peace. We can pull from his divine power and authority into our lives. We have that choice. Or we can go back into our carnal nature and begin to pull from our own human strength and reality. Are y'all with me today? Yes. Now, both both Adams, Adam from the beginning, and the last Adam, here again, were both born spiritually alive, yes. born connected to God. Mm-hmm. Now, understand this similarity: both Adams, Adam in the beginning, and the last Adam, Jesus Christ, were also disconnected because of sin. The first Adam was disconnected from God because of his own sin. The last Adam had no sin, but was disconnected because of the, because of the first Adam's sin so that we could be reconnected to God. Jesus now understand something. Jesus never knew a day in his life that he did not have the father in his life. He was always connected to God always connected to God this is why it it was so devastating of what he said there on the cross he said father father why have you forsaken me in other words why have we been disconnected he knowing full well, uh, he knows full well why. I believe he wants us to know that that was the point in which the, uh, the sin of Adam was placed upon him. And that because of the sin of Adam, that is what disconnected Christ. But remember, he was disconnected so that we could be reconnected. He was forsaken so that we would never be forsaken. He was judged so that we could be called righteous. Are you hearing me? So this is so incredibly powerful. Now you think about this: uh, what would it what, what would it have been like to be always connected to God, to be born spiritually connected to God, to be to be able to draw from God, draw from His life, draw from His presence? We say, "Wow, Jesus, that was great! Wow, I wish I I could have been like that." Well, let me tell you, if you haven't gotten it already, if you're born again, you are like that. Amen. Are you hearing yes. you are like that because you've been born of God here again. If you have received Jesus Christ as a Lord and savior of your life, if you have been twice born, reborn or born again, born from above, you have been reconnected to God by birth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that connection has been forever established in your life. This connection is so powerful that sin could never break that connection again. You can never, that connection between you and God can never be broken by sin ever again because this connection is not earthly. It is not of Adam. It is of Christ. Are you hearing? Oh, this is so powerful. Now, let's, let's go over one more thing, then we're going to go ahead and um, begin to close out. In John 8, chapter again, John 8, verse 29, we talked also about, uh, about this verse as well. John eight twenty nine says this, uh, And the Lord said here, And he that sent me is with me. The Father have not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him, He says, I do always those things that please him. This is the confession of someone that is connected to God. One that is born in the sin of Adam, born disconnected, born with a sin nature, cannot make this confession. Again, Jesus' confession is our confession. You have the ability through Christ to do always those things that please God. Remember the Lord Jesus said, if you, uh, if you seek to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake, you're going to going to find it. The only thing that keeps us from experiencing the fullness of God in our lives is our stubbornness to maintain this natural world. It's to keep things, it's, it's the pleasure of this life, the, the pride of life, and all these other things, the pleasures of sin, things that we hold on to, whether it's bitterness or unforgiveness, and, and all these things, whether it is greed. We're trying to hold back a lot of things from God. Because we think it's a benefit to us. Oh, Jesus. But I wonder what would happen if we say, Father, I'm willing to lay it all down for you. Even the things that I get great pleasure from. I'm willing to lay it all down for you. I'm tired of making excuses as to why I can't do this, that, or the other. I want to give it all to you. You see, that's my desire. I want to give it all to him and live for him completely. I don't want to be, many call it a Monday morning atheist. Live like, live like Christ on the weekend, but Monday morning, they're the biggest devil in town. I don't want to be one of another statistics of of yet another preacher that has fallen by the wayside. Uh, Yet another preacher that's involved in some other scandal. I don't want that. I don't want the things of the world. I want Christ. Paul said he said what he said I'm yearning for Christ I'm I'm pressing forth toward the mark of the prize in Christ I'm 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 pressing forth I'm reaching forth he said I've got to attain it I must know Christ I must know Christ in the fellowship of his suffering and in the power of his resurrection I must know Christ he sees something that is more valuable than this world And when we come to that realization that there is more to life than than just this. And I pray that you come to the point where you will ask God, really ask him sincerely, Father, if there's anything in my life that offends you, deal with me. Convict me of that. Ride me Holy Ghost like a horse if you got to. (laughs) Convict me of this. If there's anything in my life, anything that I'm doing, anything that I, or, or that I have done that is grieving you, because understand, we can be so deceived. We can think that something we can program our mind to say, well, this is actually right when God said this is actually wrong. We can dwell in darkness because of our own feelings. But listen, if you can't bring that before the altar of God, You got to know it's wrong and outside of God's will for your life. You're not going if you're born again, you're not going to hell. Jesus has already established that. Hallelujah. You people don't go to hell because of sin, they go to hell because they're disconnected from God. As I told you before, only living spirits go to heaven. Dead spirits go to hell. Are you hearing? Those that are reconnected to the source. You go to where he is. And when the rapture of the church occurs, it's going to be real simple for God. All he's got to do really is just call his spirit back home. Because all those that are born of God have the deposit of God's spirit. Not all those that are religious, but all those who are born of God. All those who are born again, truly saved, truly saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Spirit. It is these that will go home to be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh my God, we're almost finished here. So Jesus says, this is a testimony of someone that is connected to God. This is a testimony. He said, I do always those things that please him. Now, we said before that we said, we gave the, uh, I said the statement that Jesus was never in the flesh. By this, I meant. by this, we're going to tell you about what that means, but I'm telling you about what that actually does not mean, in case uh, you don't understand that particular terminology. Now, let's go to 1 John, 1 John 4. 1 John 4, verses uh, 1 through 3. 1 John 4, verses 1 through 3. Now, uh, this time, out of the New King James Version. 1 John 4, verses 1 through 3. This is how it reads. Now, again, because of that statement where Jesus said, I do always those things that please him, we said that Jesus was never in the flesh. Now, there are two terms or two ways of seeing or two definitions or two ways of seeing the term in the flesh. Let's look at one here in 1 John 4, verses 1 through 3. It says, Beloved, uh, do not do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they be or whether they are whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that doeth not confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard, uh, which you have heard was coming and is now uh, already in the world. The word flesh here means a physical body. We know that Jesus did come in a physical body. So when we said the verse again that uh, Jesus uh, always did those things that please Him, And I made the statement, Jesus was never in the flesh. I'm not talking about Jesus never had a physical body. I'm not going to take for granted that some of you understand that. But what we are talking about is this. Let's go to Romans, Romans 8. Romans 8. Romans 8, uh, verses 6 through 8. And we're going to go back again in the New King James Version. Romans 8, verses 6 through 8. Listen. It says for to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace verse 7 because the carnal mind is enmity against God for it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be so then help me read those who are in the flesh cannot please God now in the flesh here does not mean a physical body. So if we were to interpret this as those who have a a physical body cannot please God, we're done for. And that would also mean that Jesus could never have been pleasing to God because he also had a physical body. But the, in the, the term in the flesh here talks about the carnal mind. It talks about the sin nature. It talks about someone that is driven by f- uh, fleshly or sinful appetites. Yes. Driven by the flesh or it also means a, a sort of animalistic nature. Mm-hmm. You know, you put you put meat in front of a dog, uh, you know, and the dog's going <laughs> to The dog will get it. Yes. It's driven by instinct. Yes. It can't control Unless someone trains that dog, sit, smell that meat, but don't you touch it. Are you understanding? But the fleshly nature is a carnal nature, one that is bent towards sin. So the Bible says in essence here, those that are in the flesh, in other words, those who are, those who uh, have a carnal nature and are driven with their fleshly appetites or sinful appetites, you cannot please God. Hallelujah. So again, this is what we're saying. We're saying that Jesus was never in the flesh. I'm saying that Jesus uh, never exercised uh, or was never controlled by his carnal nature. The Bible says that Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. Being tempted does not mean that you have sinned. When you yield to that temptation, then you've sinned. Jesus was tempted in all points, just as you and I, but he did not sin. Jesus is the perfect man. Hallelujah. So if anyone says that Jesus has not come in the flesh, he did not have a physical body. Oh, that's something else something else altogether there or they say to you that oh Jesus had you know you know they say that uh you know Jesus had all them disciples and he had all them women around him oh you know you know him being a man no you know he had to slip up and do something you say you lying devil go back to hell where you came from that's not the Christ I serve that's something that you're making of your own accord you're trying to bring Christ into your image No, don't bring Christ to your image. You bring, uh, you uh, take yourself into the image of Christ. Are you understanding? So I pray that you've got a better understanding now. And uh, we're going to go another five or so minutes. Are you getting something out of this word today? So in your prayer time, you need to really meditate on these scriptures. Meditate on the scripture that says the fullness of God is in Christ. Meditate on that scripture that says uh, the body of Christ, his body is the fullness of him. Meditate on that scripture that says you are born from above, you are born again. In other words, you are reconnected to God. Meditate on that. You are reconnected to God. And you are born in the image and likeness of him. This is why devils and demons have to be subject to you through the name of Jesus. They have to be subject to you. Yes. Angels are subject unto you. Why? Because number one, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. At the, where, and where is Christ seated? At the right hand of God. The Father tells you and I, man, come up and sit with me. Yes. Are you hearing? Yes. You're washed and redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Sickness cannot hold you. Tell this thing truthfully. Sickness cannot hold you. It is an alien invader. It is in your body or it is around you illegally. That's why we have to really get into God's word and and really meditate on his word and give ourselves to him and understand something. This is not something that you have to force. You don't have to force your way into the anointing because listen, God wants to use you more than you want to be used by God. God wants his power to flow through you and touch those around you more than you want his power to flow through you. So it's not a thing of we're saying, God, please use me. Please use me. No, it's a thing where we say, God, I submit to you. I say, yes, let it come to pass. Yes, I avail myself to your spirit. I say, yes, yes, I receive you. Yes, I receive you. It's it's the whole image of um, a baby being changed. Oh, this one-year-old, he's gonna kick and scream. You smell it. Oh, it's stinky, little baby, you stink. Oh, got a poopy diaper, little baby got a poopy diaper. And the little baby can kick. Ah, ah. But you know, the longer that little baby kicks, the the baby wants relief, that's why the baby's crying. The baby wants deliverance, that's why the baby's crying but it takes mama a lot longer to change the baby when the baby is fighting. Amen. So that's why we should say, Lord, have your way in me. I submit to you. I submit to your change. Just go limp. Just go limp. Just go, just, just yield. I, ble- I bet you God is waiting for you just to go limp and just say, Lord, have your way just to relax in his presence. It is, Lord, have your way in me. I submit to you. I yield to you. That's where we are going. That's where we're going as a body of Christ. That's where we're going as a church. Because remember, the whole creation is waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. The sons of God are those that have, those that have become full of the word of God. Those who are yielding themselves to the spirit of God in the same pattern of Christ. Are you hearing? We're yielding to God. We're yielding to him. And we're not going to fall prey to this mess in this world. We're going to pray for each other and all be developed in the fullness. There's God has expectations on all of us that we have a divine purpose and a divine calling and we can't leave this life. We can't leave this earth until everything that God has for us is fulfilled. So this is why we resist death. Until our assignment is fully completed. Until you have become all that God has desired for you to become. We can't leave this earth just yet. If there's a hunger in you for more, then that tells you that there is more. There is more for you. If there is a hunger, if God is calling you and summoning you and telling you come. You see, because you can't come to God unless he draws you first. So if you feel a pulling and a hunger and a craving for God, that's because he's saying, come here. He's saying, come here. But we can't live this life in compromise. So I tell you, whatever is in your life that you say, hmm, maybe this is wrong. I'm not sure. Maybe, 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 maybe. Bring that thing to the cross. Bring the thing to the cross. If it's relationships, bring it to the cross. Bring it to the Lord, Jesus. If it's the way you handle your finances, bring it to the cross. If it's the way, if it's your job, whatever it is, bring it to the foot of the cross and give it to the Lord. Give it to him. Are you hearing? Give it to him. If you say, Lord, I don't see how we're going to do it. I don't see how we're going to make it. It's not for you to know how. It's for you to be obedient and give that thing to him. Trust in Him. And we'll say this last thing here today Faith is spelled RISK. Amen. Amen. Faith is spelled risk. Risk. If you don't take a risk, you're never gonna see the power of God manifested in your life. You have to put yourself out there. You have to put yourself out there. Every week this altar should be filled with testimonies. Why isn't it? Because we're not taking a risk. We're not putting ourselves out there. Some areas of your life are comfortable, but then there are others that are not. Take a risk. Give them to the Lord. Take a risk. Talk to somebody. Tell them about Jesus. Take a risk. Take a risk. I was at Subway just yesterday, and uh, on my way back, we had a very wonderful um, home-going celebration uh, for Scott's aunt, Miss Abby. I mean, it was a wonderful time. I had a wonderful time there at a memorial service. It was a wonderful time. A wonderful time. The Holy Ghost was there. On my way back from there, I stopped at a subway to get something to eat because the gas tank was empty. <laughs> Hallelujah. And while I was in line, there was a gentleman beside me. You know, I, I like buying people's food. Amen. I like giving to them. I'm a giver. Amen. I told the gentleman beside me, I said, sir, he smelled a little bit of gas or something. I'm not sure what he was doing. But... I said, sir, it would be my honor if you would allow me uh, to buy your meal and tell you how much Jesus loves you. Would you allow me to show you the love of Jesus by buying this meal for you? He said, well, you don't have to do that. I said, all right. I said, it would be my honor. It would be be my honor and pleasure to tell you about Jesus and buy your meal. So we had a brief conversation there, and I buy his, and he he, he had a big order. I didn't have enough cash in my pocket. So, well, Lord, I'm out here now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I had other monies, but I just didn't have any with me at that moment. Some I had left in the car. And so I whipped out my bank card, whipped out my debit card and paid for the man's, paid for the man's lunch. I would love to do that. I love to do I love to. I love to give. I get checks in the mail. I, get, I don't have a mailbox, I got a checkbox. I told you about that. I got a checkbox. I get checks in the mail. Why, because I'm a giver. I'm not telling you this to toot to the horn, I'm telling you about the reality of giving. Amen. If someone gives me $20, I don't see it as 20. At the least I see it as 18. Are you hearing me? I already see this. Because my heart is already toward giving unto the Lord. <clears throat> we're reconnected to the, we're, re- we're reconnected to the source. So I'm telling you, many of you will have many more testimonies. you you just take a risk, take a chance and step out. Great things are waiting for you. And I beg you don't compromise. Don't compromise. God has greater things for you than you can ever even imagine. Go before him and ask him, Lord, is there anything in my life, or not is, Mm. Lord, tell me what's in my life that's offending you. Tell me how I'm grieving you, Holy Spirit. Deal with me so that I may repent. And so you can help me get this stuff out of my life. I want to walk before you, I want to have a good witness. I want my walk before you to be pleasing. So I pray you've heard the Word of God today. We're done in Jesus' name. We pray that you are blessed today by the ministry. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety, and even hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. We will be so glad to connect with you. While you're there on the website, make sure to consider a financial donation in support of the ministry. And don't forget, if you're in the area, stop on by and visit with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Stop on by. And don't forget, while you're on the website, sign up for Kingdom Inspirations. We believe it's going to be a blessing to you. All right, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.